with uh, OBS. <laughs> I swear, I will fuck shit up. Well, <laughs> well. Hello. A new intro. This this podcast contains certain content that may not be suitable for all ages or all audience. So it's your choice. Repeat after me. Viewer discretion is advised. Also, if you don't like to listen to this podcast, it's not that it's not my fault. Your girlfriend got better taste than you. Welcome back to the Space Society Collective Podcast. I know that was a weird one. I'm trying this new thing out. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Viewer discretion. No, Listener cool. discretion. Each episode we open up. Viewer discretion is advised. I'm gonna call that a fail. It was it was something I wrote up earlier today, but that was during when I was in pain. So maybe it when I had no clarity of pain, was an attempt, and you get an E for effort. Okay. Okay. I'm not going to use the emotional damage soundbite. Oh, okay. Because I've been saying it just randomly around the house now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is the, one of the few times a meme is affecting my is affecting my life. I mean... But it's fun. Isn't life just nothing but constant memes? Yeah. We did promise Ray will be um, um, the sound bites be used at a minimum, even though we had plenty of good opportunities these last two minutes. I'm gonna be nice, even though he isn't here. Welcome back to the Space Side Collective Podcast. You're getting another Denny episode. It's gonna be wild. Don't even know what we're gonna really talk about. So. Eh, Who knows? Life, us being old, the young kids not here. It's the parents. That's true. It's the parents episode. (laughs) (laughs) When I was a young boy. Imagine, like, what was it, like 10 years ago when he was young? God. (laughs) That's like all of the songs. This is just like. When we were young. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, anyway, mm-hmm. I, I do have three news stories, and to kick it off, we have a do we have a new breaking news soundbite, and you and it's not lowbrow like three episodes ago. Three episodes ago, it's actually good. You hear that triumphantness right there? That's good. Thank you. That's a, that's a good breaking news. Alright, this is from GameSpot.com written by Gabe Gerwin. The Wolf Among Us 2 stream will be coming this com- this Wednesday. The long-awaited sequel is in development by the revived Telltale Games. Prior to its discussion, Telltale Games created a ton... Well, yeah, we, we're just going to get to the meat and bones of this. Streaming would be at 10 a.m. Pacific time and at 1 p.m. Eastern time on Wednesday, February 9th. So if you're listening to this recording the day of 
the ninth. Just stop the podcast and just go watch the stream, so you know when the game will be out. Because they have okay. Because the game has they have not seen when the game is will be out. They will share a behind the scenes greetings from Fable Town, and it will be hosted by Jeff Keeley. He is everywhere. He, I mean, he's basically the face of video games now. So, like, I remember Jeff Keeley like taking over G four TV dot com um, for G four. And I was like, mm, he's alright. He seems bland. No offense to him. I'm just saying. I was in high school at the time. And still see him keep on chugging along. That's, that's, that's longevity. Yeah, I mean, he... I don't want to say single-handedly, but definitely close. Saved the uh, video game awards. Such as they are now. I feel like the Video Game Awards last year should have just did the first hour, all trailers, him just introducing the trailers, and then the last hour and a half is the award show. Yeah. There's... I just saved the Game Awards. They just need a little bit of a better editor, I guess, or show runner. I don't, I don't know. There's, I haven't watched the video game awards in quite a while. So the last time this podcast listened to the watched the video game awards was 2019. <laughs> 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 that was the last time this podcast watched it. Ah, uh, but continue on. Um, they will take a look at Wolf Among Us two. And it would be the star of the show. It would be Neplus plus more. And then the announcement tweets suggest that we could get information about other games as well. It would air both on Twitch and YouTube. And there was the run. The stream will run about thirty minutes. Um, it will feature in-game footage, including the first official teaser trailer. Okay, that's uh, pretty cool. I liked the first game. Wolf Among Us first entered production back in late 2019, and the new Telltale Games is using um, Unreal technology rather than their proprietary software um, that they used in the original with their original studios. Um, mm. And the game, for once, is not going to be released episodically. They're just okay. going to they're going to be de- um, developing it as a whole season at once. Just a little. So it seems like they're. Because pulling... I don't want to say like unnerved, but like hesitant with the whole Unreal Engine thing. Just because I know studios forced to use an engine they haven't really worked with before to create a whole new game. It doesn't really go well. Who bought Telltale Games though? Um, I don't know. Let's ask Google. I'm, I'm Googling right now. Because I'm like... Because if they're using a... Because if they're really looking to use the Unreal Engine, you must have a company backing them. I'm going to the one place I don't like using. <laughs> Wikipedia. Oh. Because I loved the style of the 
first one because it was just very in tune with the comic book. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, according to Wikipedia, they relaunch under the LC, LCG um, Entertainment. <laughs> they um, L, back um, following negotiations with Sher- Sherwood Partners starting in February 20, 2019, the LCG Entertainment acquired several key telltale assets and on August 28th, 2019, they announced that it was relaunching the company by assuming Telltale Games as its trade name, operating out of Malibu, California. With the Salius, so, God damn it. <laughs> Satellite Studio in Contra Madre, California. Corte Madre. California. So, a company I've never heard of. Got it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it doesn't even have its own Wikipedia page. Ooh, this is shady. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll just have to see what is going to become become of this because I know people like the um, I I had mixed feelings with um, Telltale's Batman. I don't think I ever played that one. It's fine. It definitely changed Bat- Batman's mythos. Um, like they made his parents criminals. Like they worked with mob bosses. Um, huh. So even now the city is looking at Bruce Wayne at a good light. Like, oh, he's is he just like his parents? Um, the relationship relationship between Bruce and Alfred is definitely different. Um, where like Alfred's threatening to quit, or like just it's just like random things you never find Batman like Bruce Wayne and Alfred to be fighting. Like every other like. I'm like, I'm not enjoying this aspect between like Bruce and Alfred. That's not what I'm enjoying at all. Um, okay. Certain legacy characters got killed off. Um, they turned um, Lucius Fox's older son to a daughter who becomes a villain. Mm. And I'm like, that's... Not in- cool. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's really not cool. Um, but they did create an original villain, but I'm like, they, I'll say this, they did the arc, they did, I think it came, no, it came out the same time. The first one came out, what is it, before Arkham Knight? Yeah, Arkham Knight's the third Batman game. And the villain, I think, if I remember correctly, the villain was named Arkham. So, I felt that was done better than Arkham Knight. Because that the first game de- directly dealt with the, um, the parents. Second game was more um, introducing the Joker, Harley Quinn, which is I think you'll like that in, for season two of Batman. That interpretation of Harley Quinn was vastly different. But then, mm, I'll let if you if you ever get to it, I'll let you discover. I'm not gonna spoil you what they did to Harley Quinn. She's, okay. I'll just say that she's alive, but. I just you would I, I just I want your your opinion on how they treated her. Okay. But, um, but yeah, and the puzzles they're fine, they're fine. Do I want a season three from that? No, because I don't want anyone to see their interpretation of Robin in this world. <laughs> like fuck that. I that doesn't really sound fun. Mm-mm. 
Um, the Walking Dead was fine. I think like The Walking Dead itself, it just uh, dragged on a little bit too much. It should have just ended. Yeah, after that first uh, heartbreaking season, I didn't bother to go back to the second one. Yeah, when I had to start the opening game killing a dog, I was like, sorry, Clementine, I'll just watch YouTube videos of your adventures. Yeah, that, wow. That's a no. <laughs> just a no. But getting out of this depressing thing, and I'm rooting this for the kids. In my home state of California. A group of a group of K through eighth graders, kindergarten and eighth graders, in Vacaville, California, protest the school district to get their chocolate milk back. It was a peaceful protest. How the fuck? You gonna take away kids' chocolate milk? You don't take away the cocoon. That's the last thing they have. You turn everything fucking healthy in these schools. Let these that is the. Only good thing they have to look forward to at fucking lunch is chocolate milk because everything else sucks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But there is one downside to this stuff. It's at a very limited capacity, so which means it's not going to be there that long. Mm-mm. I just <sighs> so long story short, um, our government needs to invest in schools and. Um, stop doing the bullshit property taxes, pay for schools, and actually treat all schools equally so everyone can have their goddamn chocolate milk. Now, here's where I call this a dong take. This is from Juan Cordon, the director of the school's district nutrition department. He said it because they removed the decision to remove the chocolate milk because it was in high sugar content. Look, like Benny said, this is the one thing kids look forward to for lunch. You took sodas away. Understandable. Nobody's not going to fight that. You took the good food. That shit's fucking high sugar. Yes. If you give them like one during like what? Two lunches every two weeks. I think that'll be fine. Not every I think having one eight ounce glass and it's probably not even eight ounces. It's probably one of those like tiny little like four ounce juice box type things. Mm-hmm. That ain't gonna fuck kids up. Give them that shit. One a day, five a week, totally fine. It's funny chocolate milk. They run around, they burn that shit off in like five minutes flat at recess. Like, the fuck? Apparently the kids also negotiated for the chance to have homemade chocolate chip cookies during the weeks that they have chocolate milk. Nice. But that's off the shelf. Like, what the fuck? <sighs> so, yeah. this negotiation and the facts brought forth by Jordan Reed and his fourth greatest peers are indicative of the successful movement by the 
Vacaville Unified School District Student Nutrition Department to educate students about making healthy choices, even those that to exhibit moderation. On this district of it's a win-win. It's not a win-win when they want to limit the capacity. And nobody wants to drink regular whole-ass milk or 2% milk with their chicken nuggets. The kids won. I mean, it's just adults being stupid. Yeah, I'll, I'll say this. The kids won, even though it has an asterisk attached to it. We'll chalk it up as a win for the kids today. Asshole. Choco it up. Coco Moo. Oh, some chocolate milk. Huh? Damn it. I did that to myself. Eh. Last of the report. Steven Sonnenberg. Superheroes. He's disappointed about the lack of sex in superhero movies. Um, and his direct quote is there is no f- he s- mm, here we go he wouldn't direct a superhero film that is that is that there's no fucking uh, this, 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 is, this is one of the few times I actually sat down like like I went, you know, you know what I played today? Hmm. Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. I'm on the final planet. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm at the Star Forge trying to save Basilla, trying to bring her back to the um, light of the force. You know, I'm, I'm trying. I, and I, 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 the one time I pulled a Jedi move, I'm just like, I'm not letting this disturb my force today. I'm going to just sit and marinate on his thoughts. What he feels, and then I'm gonna come in with uh, in a more, I'm throwing up air quotes, more adult way of replying to this statement. But James Gunn has replied, and I can always depend on James Gunn. He said in reply, with all due respect, Steven Sonderberg, some people are fucking. He tweeted him, Zack Snyder, Richard Donner, Chloe Zhao, Tim Miller, off the top of my head. But to Sonnenberg's credit, sex seems sex seems to be non-existent in many comic book films, so it's not like his statements is groundless. See, if it wasn't for James Gunn, I wouldn't have went the Jedi way. I wouldn't have, like several episodes ago, just ranting, raving, pissing in the wind. To some extent, Steven Sonnenberg is right, but then. It also is not really necessary. When you look at Batman, when it's called times for him to have a woman, it makes sense. Or if it's him and Selena Kyle, it makes sense you're going to see the, not the act of, but the implanation of it. Or you get Deadpool and you get International Women's Day. Um, and you actually get this. But I mean, even in Batman, they didn't show anything. That's it true. was that's mostly fade to black. Implied. That's why I used the word. Implied. I'm trying to use words of the day. Implied was a word of the day. Okay. Yeah. That's all good. Remember, we're old today. We're the old people show today. 
Mm-hmm. That old people. Yeah. We're old, tired, and hurting. Yeah. And Steven Soderbergh said to be old man today. I uh, mean, he is 60, so... Really? Yep. I'm No lie, he looks good for 60. Mostly, I mean, mostly. he's a millionaire who uh, gets to live a life of luxury. luxury so, mm, look at Jeff Bezos. He still look like Lex Luthor. I mean, which Lex Luthor? Because there's like so many different iterations, and he was. Mostly just like a hot man. So are you saying like, no, like, like Jeff Bezos is hot? No, oh fuck no. Like there, you remember the nineteen sixties Mac Fletcher's Lex Luthor? Those old old nineteen thirties fifties Superman cartoons shorts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That that Lex Luthor. Okay. I'm not giving okay. him. I'm not giving him modern day comic book Lex Luthor. Fuck no. Okay. <laughs> so the, when was the one where we had like the ginger bearded Lex Luthor? The nineties. Like the nineties. That was. Yeah, the 90s. I was gonna say, is that the nineties? <laughs> that was the nineties. Yeah. Like <laughs> bright ass ginger. You look like a damn pirate. Oh my god. And then Infinite Crisis, they had to use Alexander Luthor. In that gold suit. <laughs> Just, ugh. And I own Infinite Crisis at that. Just, um, Do I have that horse? No, I'm, not gonna, I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> with that last, that ends our, um, News break. Rant. Yeah, we just don't give a fuck. <laughs> I'm sorry. Just uh, that was our news portion. We just I feel like one of us has to do like the actual news voice thing. No, back to you in the studio, Des. Why, thank you, tired woman with the cat who is now eating. Next up, Dragon Age Confessions. Yo, 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 it's your boy, Desi D. I hope you never do that again. I had to wake us up. I love how you give yourself a nickname, but you're just like, you girl with the cat that's fed. <laughs> I'm just trying to wake us up. That's not going to work. I know. Uh, okay. Now, I did. If you guys could not tell already, I am like sub zero on energy levels right now, so. And it's the middle of the week. The it's not week. even the middle. It's not even the middle yet. I have no conception of time. No conception of time. There's still three fucking days left in this goddamn work week. 
Well, if it helps you, you you have money, you have job to have play money while I'm over here with no play money. I'm just over here, just, you know, trying to survive. Okay, I did find, you know, there was not there. Not that one. Um, can you do your Macho Man Randy Savage impression while I look for the? <laughs> Absolutely it. not. Absolutely not. No. No. <laughs> um. Oh my God. What I can do is um talk. Okay. Here we go. Bow. Thank God. I was drawing a blank on anything to talk about. Okay, so I have two Dragon Age confessions. One. This one was not recorded because OBS and Discord was acting like a biznitch. So, during our D&D session, I, the one and only, plagiarized from Dragon Age Inquisition, the common Adamantis. Uh, Not every you obviously knew what it was. Uh-huh. No one did. So that is a confession I plagiarized in the middle of a D and D session. Uh, it is not published, so. But this this confession is going to be published. Don't come after me, Bioware, David Gator. It was used for a specific purpose, and it worked. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I mean, I think if you're gonna apologize to them, you're also gonna have to apologize to be like, I've also borrowed uh, Antiva, uh, Liliana. Trevelyan. <laughs> Josephine Montelier. Mm-hmm. Val Morial. Mm-hmm. You've technically plagiarized quite a bit. A lot. Mm-hmm. But we have original story, though. <laughs> In the middle of all that plagiarizing. <laughs> but, if you listen to the last episode, I have taken to heart about not playing D and D like it's a video game. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, so, when we do our D and D after show, which is, I think it would be better. It, I think it's good the fact that we can't we can't do it now because we still have to go from the fallout of last session and see what happens from that one. Uh huh. And I was talking to, I was helping out a um, friend of the podcast, Reed, on um, Red Dead Redemption 2. We was um, just doing a little trail ride on our horses, just, just talking about the session and talking about our characters. Hence the idea for us to talk about what we like to see, um, what we like to do in Campaign 3. And we did come up, we did talk about what name for the group that we actually liked, which was Obsidian, uh, Obsidian Inc., because it makes it sound more professional than chaotic is like no one's gonna take even though so far people 
mildly take our characters seriously, but if we're trying to be like a legitimate group of people of adventurers, like anything else, don't sound. All the other names we all we all came up with, like they, fi- I finally got them to talk about the names that was that came up. Um, we have for the brackets, and they don't like any of the names except for Obsidian Inc. because it sounds more professional. I was like, okay, understandable. I was like, okay, I, we only one <laughs> was liked. I was like, I get that, but we also talked about um, like character choices, and they brought up. Seems like the Sins of Campaign 1 team, Ramrod, is the one that's biting everyone in the ass. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> you right. And she's like, since none of the players are around anymore, everyone has the justified right to be like, it's your character's fault. Because you're the only one still around. Or alive, in this instance. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. I shouldn't. Is that what you think? No. No, no. No, no. We. Doing? No. What we we was talking about, what I was. It got to the conversation point where what we think our characters think about what everybody else is thinking. So I said, I think. Not I think. Maxim probably feels everyone is going to blame him for the sins of things he's done that's coming back to bite them. Because even. Because Vice did say. Everyone has a target on their back because Maxine can't keep his mouth shut. Mm-hmm. So that was agreed upon. But we, we we was talking about like what we like to see in campaign three, how we would like our characters to look, and stuff like that. But we'll get to that. Okay. We'll get to that portion of the podcast later. So, but here is a true legitimate confession. But I don't know if we talked about this already. But here is the official confession I made. I said, I really don't like Commander Cullen. Yes, he's redeemed in Inquisition, and I understand his journey from Origins to um, Inquisition. What solidified my forever rate for hate, hate for him was his coldness when he takes Bethany away from Hawk and their mother. It's on the level of a, of, tri- of a trying parent, but the government takes their children away from them. That was my um, confession. And why I disliked it. Dislike okay. Colin. But someone in the comments said, if you look at it in this point of view, Bethany was always being looked after Hawk and their mother. They was always making Bethany's choice. Because if you go back and play it, Bethany made the decision to leave with Colin. And I was like, I'm not going to go back to play the whole game to, go, <laughs> to get back to that. Let me go on YouTube. And lo and behold, yeah, Bethany was like, no, y'all have been making the choice for me. Let me make this choice myself. And she even made, when you do the DLC, she made the choice to come with Hawk, to leave the, um, the, the Chantry and come with Hawk to discover why they're being attacked. And I was like, huh? I did not look at that perspective. I, I, my eyes are open. What do you think? I mean, that's a great confession. Good little gross there. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess my confession would be um, vast majority of my playthroughs of Dragon Age 2, uh, Bethany dies because Mage Hawk was the best hawk. Um, 
Oh, no. Yep. Right. So I just had little asshole Carver. <laughs> I hate Carver. <laughs> I really do. Um, for me, no, he's a he's a dick, but he's like, I honestly feel like he he is like one of the most well written ones because he is like he is very much like younger sibling energy especially ones that like always lived in the shadow of like the cooler sibling um and um also like that little just bit of jealousy of not um a like not having a normal life but also b like not being magic because <laughs> you know there's some jealousy running in there especially if it's like mage hawk and then like mage bethany like oh i'm like the loser like my mom no magic um i mean not that leandra was a loser she was great but i just the big redeeming thing for me with dragon age 2 is obviously the characters because while the story wasn't the best Mm -hmm. they nailed all the characters still just super believable engaging lovable with the exception of fucking sebastian goddamn chantry fucking pie jack (laughs) um Um, i'll say for me i'm always a defender of dragon age 2 because when you see, like, even X-Play did, like, um, they're going back to play old games that they, they haven't played during the time X-Play hasn't been on. And mm-hmm. In- Inquisition was one of them. And I like Adam Sessler, and I like the new person on Frost. I, they they shitted on in- Dragon Age 2 completely. I mean, I get it. I really do. But with your depiction of the characters should be the reason why the game should be played. I feel like between the Warden and the Inquisitor, Hulk is the best character. In general, it doesn't matter what, like, who you're, like, if you're going for male or female Hulk. Hulk, in general, themselves, they're naturally sarcastic. Doesn't matter, it didn't even matter where the, the dialogue went to. You can just hear the fucking sass in their voice. And that... Is because technically you are not Hawk. So, like, you have the Warden and you have the Inquisitor who are two very personalized things. Like, you custom create them. Mm -hmm. Whereas, like, Hawk, sure, you can decide what Hawk looks like, but you are not really Hawk because of how they set up the story. Like, you're playing the character of Hawk versus like you actually creating and um, building the backstory of the warden or like something the similar, inquisitor, like something similar to um, Shepard. Yeah. Okay. But I mean, even then, Shepard's more personal than Hawk. 
because like you're still like doing decisions and obviously you're doing a lot of decisions for Hawk but because like they have it all based around the story that Varric is telling so everything has already happened and he's just like playing this yarn but again like obviously with the limitations of what they had like the character creator in Dragon Age 2 wasn't all that great <laughs> um, you literally had no control over the backstory of Hawk other than like are they a maid or rogue or uh, warrior yeah. like those that was it those were like really the only things you had control over so it very much at least to me felt like I was playing a character versus like I'm playing my character this is going to be sounding I guess I can give this as a confession I don't really feel connected to my warden anymore it's really hard when you go back to them being like super silent because I like the Inquisitor. Mm -hmm. I was gonna say it's just hard because, like, obviously it's still like really funny, but like when you say something quippy as the warden, it doesn't quite have the same punch as if you do like a quippy one-liner from Hawk or the Inquisitor, <laughs> because you're just like reading it and then just trying to imagine how the warden would sound because you only occasionally hear them with a grunt and a scream or a quip, in battle or equipping your um changing characters yeah like i i don't like even modern rpgs the outer worlds do still do that like i don't know if it's budget constraints or you just couldn't find a voice actor for the um, main character, or you just want the character, uh, the people who play in these characters to, like you said, embody, like treat this as as them, their voc, we're vocally saying it as opposed to just the character saying it. And I'm like, I'm like, nah. If I was him and you had it vocalized, I'd be saying a whole bunch of shit. <laughs> like, yeah, especially Outer Worlds, because I had, I had well, and it's. It's just so funny because it kind of like you can kind of see like how amazing a job Bioware has done because like you look at something like Fallout 4 which was the first game in Bethesda's like basic core uh, game like library where they had a speaking character yeah. and um, I don't think they had uh, a great voice director VO director I don't know what the official voice over VO director yeah um, or maybe they just didn't they ran out of time because there was Blend. there was a lot left to be desired which is so funny because, like, um, what's her face? Jack was the voice of the female vault dweller. No way. And you're like, yeah. No wonder why um, this woman sounded familiar. And I was just like, girl, girl, I have seen you do better. Like, but then it also, like, Bioware also has a dark mark on that as well with Andromeda because main character voice acting 
the fucking Ryder twins were not great. I like the... They were not great. I like the Sarah. She was not great. Mm. She, I feel, was worse than male. Nolan North um, copycat? (laughs) Like, he was... He was bad. I mean, he wasn't, like, the best. He was not really great either, but, like... He he was better than Sarah. It's uh, I always think about those fucking screams, like at the end where they're like fighting the fucking Archon and having to connect to the stupid whatever the hell those things were called. Um, and like the horrible like screams they did. I'm like I almost wish you guys would have just used the Wilhelm scream. That would have been better. <laughs> Please no. Please no more Wilhelm. It's, just, it's, it's, it's a tiring thing when you be like you just playing something, and as you hear the Wilhelm, Knights of the Old Republic, fighting a random ass enemy, and then I hear the Wilhelm. I'm like Wilhelm. I'm like, damn it, focus, focus. You're you're about to die, Des. No, okay. It's no, it's great. I love it. That's like one of the most famous Easter eggs now. I think where everyone's just like Wilhelm. <laughs> It can be a dead. Um, I le- right quick. I legit almost died. Um, it was the portion where you had to get to inside the ancient temple to help out these ancient these ancient aliens, and I was trying to do the light side thing, negotiate with the person who wants the elder stuff. Mm-hmm. And this is this is a Bioware Bioware ass game. As soon as I stepped foot back in the area, all the enemies was like, "You betrayed us. We're going to kill you." I was like. Oh my fucking god! This is like fucking you know, origins all over again, except for this is Star Wars. And then I had to fight all these enemies and all these rancors, and then all the all the my party mates down died down, and I'm by myself. I'm running. I'm literally. You can put the Benny Hill music up. I'm running around the map trying not to die. I'm, this is the only time I remember screaming at a game. I don't want to die. I don't want to die. I don't want to die. Just spamming the shit out of the health. And and I've done that in Origins during the last fight. I was when you see um, not Sandal, yeah Sandal, and you go like I, you just spam the shit out of the elf root to get the health. Me running around mm. that map at the end of Origins trying to kill the dragon but not die because you know your party mates is constantly dying. I did that move running around spend my health and like stack um these those stats things to up your um your damage and then when i had enough then i started killing the rancors and then the final boss i was like oh my god this is origins all over again my fucking bioware and the difficulty spikes why do they do this why do bioware is the only game i know game company i know you can go through the whole your any any of the Dragon Age games. You can be going through, you having fun, then all of a sudden the whole fucking screen fills up with nothing but enemies, and you freaking the fuck out. <laughs> Why? And don't get me started on Inquisition and the Descent. When you get to that last boss in the, the Descent. Why do they make these enemies hard? I don't get it. I still fucking hate it. That goddamn fire section. Darkspawn. Oh. 
the more we talk about what we dislike, yeah. I, I do not want to jump back. Back to Hawk. We that was a long tangent. Wow. But but it was still on topic. Thing. Like you can like you can still love something with all your heart, but also be able to point out the imperfections and flaws of it because again, nothing is truly ever perfect because and perfect is different for everybody else. So it is okay to love something but also be able to acknowledge its flaws so you don't have to get your fucking panties in a wad if someone's like, oh, I didn't like that. You don't have to scream at them for being stupid because they didn't like something that you liked. And vice versa, okay? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Those were some dark days when Andromeda came out and, and you just, just utter the word. I thought it was fine. You thought it was fine? I dropped a grenade. Here we go. Let it out. Why are you being nonchalant? Because you're being a bitch. Just go ahead. See what you hate about it. <laughs> that was a legit conversation on the Nerds Against the World podcast that no longer exists. Um, hey, Mauricio, if you're listening. Um, anyway. Hawk is the best out of the three. Hands down. He's the best. And this one, next up on Janish Confessions. This viewer has said, while I definitely would not mind seeing Varric again as a possible um, advisor in the next game, I don't want him as a companion. Two games is enough. I want his spot used for a new character. And if he is in the new game and the protagonist advice in the joint, I want him to laugh, politely decline, and say, I'm too old for this shit. Mm, hard disagree. Next. <laughs> no, I'm great. I'm sorry. Let's have him as an MP in the NPC role, like Liliana. I no, I need to fucking romance that goddamn dwarf because goddamn Bioware has been dangling him in front of us for two fucking games now. And they need to fucking pay up. He's one of the best written characters they have ever done. Okay. And I just, I just, I just want to romance the romance writer. Okay. I'm not going to push back. But I will go on to the next one. I wish we can have some um, some more scenes in the game where the party ends up chilling out at a t- um, tavern just um, as, <clears throat> and they just sit there and wistfully listening to music like um, sometimes in life is strange. It would be without any thought in the background and the music would be provided by a mistral. Maybe it could be an achievement finding all the songs. And while we're at it, maybe some kind, maybe a few songs about the Inquisition in a cameo kind of way. You know, mistral's playing about how it was either good or bad that the Inquisition was disbanded or dumbed down to the personal honor guard of the Divine. I know the game is supposed to take part in Tevinter, but they did have some Magisters as allies. So what they're talking about in the first paragraph was, if you have played an Inquisition, you'll get to a point in the game where the whole entire party 
is that the tavern where in Skyhold, them shooting the shit, playing cards, um, drinking, and having fun telling stories. It's one it's of not the entire team. Sarah's under the table drinking while everyone else is playing. Where's Vivian? Vivian is also not there. And Solace. Mm-hmm. So, not everyone. <laughs> Two and a half characters. Sarah's still technically there, just drunk out the ass. But st- it's still a good moment. In the game. And plus... Now looking back at it, yeah, it's Sarah. I mean, that's Sarah. Vivian. She don't. She don't care for trifles and little things like that. Just spa day, nice wine, sip out a nice book, looking over the balcony. That's how she likes to enjoy her, her personal time. But yeah, I would like more of this. It was actually um, it was a good like reprieve from the game. Seeing the seeing all the voice actors, I don't know if all the voice actors was in the same VO booth, which would be kind of cool. But I do know a couple of them are overseas, so which means they're all on video call. So it would be kind of cool if if we find out that they were all, even on if it was on video call, that they all recorded at the same time. Yeah, um, like a shawarma tavern. Yeah. Was this after Avengers? Uh. Inquisition? Yeah, because yes. 2014, 2012, okay. Yeah. Damn, 2014. Yep. Mm. It's gonna be close to 10 fucking years. Okay. I wear. Pausing on the, on the, on the uh, confessions. Bit theory time. Mm, okay. You think it's a possibility Dragon Age 4 can either be a trailer shown on Inquisition's anniversary? Wait, no, Inquisition came out during the spring or the fall? Uh, Dragon Age days in the fall. Okay. It could be the anniversary Inquisition, or if we hidden. This is year nine of, of it. What if. In the end of the year, on the anniversary of Inquisition, we'll see a release date, and it'll be like the ten-year anniversary of Inquisition. We'll probably see Dragon Age Four. So what? Um. I don't know. Um. Because I think, because is it fall or is it December? Maybe it's December. Anyway, late. Later in the years when Dragon Age Day is. So they could do it, but also could show something at the Video Game Awards. Could do something at E3. Um, but I also am leaning more towards no. Just because of pandemic fuckery. They've been working on this game for the last eight years. <laughs> they got that. Yeah. Some, they have to have something by this point. Mm. Besides, these are the actors in the game. 
<laughs> November 18th, 2014. Um. So. My. Hopes are low. I'm not ruling it out, uh, but being that the last quote-unquote official trailer we got from them was 2019, and it was just that teaser trailer. You know, the actor who voices Soul is returning. And then... Yes. Sorry, my dude. I don't know who you are. I forgot your name. Uh, a random brother. And an Asian woman voicing two different characters. We don't know who they are. But they're in the game. Let's rock. Oh, god damn it. I fucked up. I, <laughs> I cl- Wait. I closed the blurb uh, <laughs> box. Fuck it. Oh. Oh, well. Disconnect. <laughs> it won't be used now. <laughs> damn. I took off my glasses for a second and actually clicked close. Whoops. Oh, well. It- um. I guess it was um, the divine answering the calls of stop this fool from touching the on the butt. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, we may see a cinematic trailer, maybe, so they don't show like really show anything because I remember like the first cinematic trailer for Inquisition didn't really show anything it was just like look at this dragon shadow flying over all of these locations and oh here's some cool people to look at too um so we could get another one of those but i want to know what your theory is do you think dragon age will come out in 2023 or 2024 I'm going to say 2024, because I think that's the 10-year mark. Yeah. 2014, 2020, 2024. That is is my theory. I think they're going to release it right around the same time as the anniversary of Inquisition. And I seriously think the reason why... This is just a bit theory. And I think the reason why they're taking so fucking long... I think we might get a Dragon Age remaster in between now before the release of Dragon Age 4 to get people ready for Dragon Age 4. And there's going to be a different title than Dragon Age 4. That's my theory. Um, I think that's a solid theory. I don't think they will remaster the first Dragon Age game. No, I think Inquisition will be remastered. I don't think Origins or 2 will be remastered. Since, since Inquisition was the most was the the best selling out of the um, out of all three of them. Um I mean, I guess, but that also seems like pointless work. Eight years going on ten development time on the game, and we don't hear them like normally. By this point, you hear them like, "Oh, we're working on not only Dragon Age Four, but working on something else." We the only thing we hear coming out of Bioware 
is Mass Effect 4 or whatever the fuck is being called and then Dragon Age but it seems like Mass Effect is further along and, and it's weird how is Mass Effect more further along than Dragon Age 4 is I don't think it's further along than it but they've been talking what gives you that idea it seems like you don't hear no developmental problems. Yeah, you hear people leaving Bioware, but you don't hear no developmental problems with Mass Effect um, 5, 4, 5, whatever. Um, you're, you really don't hear any problems from them, but you're always hearing something, and it's never good coming out of the Dragon Age team in Bioware. That, but once again... It's only a, we gotta make a theme for this. It's only a but theory. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think Dragon Age. I don't think they're gonna do a remaster uh, because I don't think they're gonna be like bethesda and just be like here let's give you five different iterations of the same game we released 11 years ago um but i do think dragon age may come out next year i don't think they're gonna wait till the 10 year mark and they better start showing something now I better hear, and i think I better hear solo mass solo. effect will probably come out in 2024. That gives me time to get an Xbox. I think that gives like 75% of the population time to get a new fucking console. Goddamn bastards, I'm so tired of having to sign up for things to be like, hey, get in the queue for a chance to buy one. Fucking goddamn Sony. Fucking Microsoft. Shitheads. Is it, you still having trouble getting in an Xbox? Because I just looked up on Amazon literally before we record. When we started recording, an Xbox was available through Amazon. Yeah, is it? I don't want the fucking download only one. No. I didn't see the download. It was up. I'm about to open up Amazon. And no, I would not pull a Christian and do a deep dive to the point we derail the show. That was annoying. Xbox Series X. These fuckers are doing the bundle. Never mind. Mm. Oh. <laughs> oh. I don't want no Halo. I'm going from, hey, the Halo trailer looked like, alright, to, I don't want to play no fucking Halo. Okay, we just, we shut me up. Mm-hmm. That Denny episode, Benny is always right. Damn it, we don't have blurred. I'm like, congratulations, you just played yourself. (laughs) That is what I'm hearing in my head. And then the emotional damage. (laughs) Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay. It's it's okay. I'm fine. I'm a little bit hurt. I'm, I'm an old man. We, we said at the top of the episode, I'm an old man. An old man <laughs> who stole his brother's donut that he, I guess he was been looking forward to all this time. And guess what? <laughs> I don't care. I ate it. And it was delicious. <laughs> Let's go to bitch and moan about this for a week. I know he is. <laughs> this is why I'm now awake. Because interrupting the fucking... Normally, when you interrupt a podcast, I'll flip the fuck out. And I'll be angry for the rest of the show. <laughs> because... It's... <laughs> It's something that look we ain't got no snacks, and I even said audibly during our D and D stream, I was gonna steal somebody's snacks out of their own room. I just go in the refrigerator, and there was a donut there, and it was delicious. But speaking of D and D, I don't know when the fuck campaign two is ending. I'm just gonna assume campaign two is gonna end like campaign one. Right around the time we started campaign one, which would be in August. So, I mean, honestly, it really all depends on you guys. But also, it's something you was you was there for like the second half of campaign one. I've noticed he was ramping up the story in campaign one, and that's how we got to the ending so quickly. From my perspective, because even we was like me. And, um, oh my god, I can't believe I forgot Zider's real name. I, his name is Zider until I remember his fucking Mikey. There we go, <laughs> Mikey. We both me and him because by this point, at the, towards the end of the campaign, we, we was like the only two left. But we was also known Christian was like speeding up the end of campaign one. But that's when we started getting more people who wanted to join us. And they they enjoyed the vibe that we was we had in, in the campaign, which I'm actually kind of glad that people like that. We were not assholes. Even though I just clearly stated I ate my do- brother's donut. That is very an asshole move. But that's my sibling. And that's a right to be an asshole to him. But not to people I don't know. And I'm actually glad that we have more and more people playing with us because it's like it's great. It helps me be better at role playing. Once again, thank you, Benita, for that. Um, be be better at role playing, but also helping me with my introvertness. Because when we started playing, oh, I was the I was quiet as fuck until our me and Christian's mutual friend Jenny comes on. And then she immediately, we both talked about it. And this, there's the backstory for this one. Jenny has a, has a, when it's me and her, we have this like bickering attitude. More worse than being you and me. But we brought that energy on her opening, like her introduction to her character. Hmm. And it didn't like, it really threw off to get that, that whole game. Coupled with the fact that I was given a mechanic that we really played up Maximus a human all this time. Hence why I was like, it's circling back to like what's going on in campaign two. He was given an ability. He did not know what he was doing, working, using in the first place. And it's pretty much 
Remember that moment in Mass Effect 3 where the guy was talking about Newton's law, about shooting from the hip, not to eyeball it? Mm-hmm. That happened. <laughs> there was two enemies, gel enemies, jelly enemies at that, in front of me, perpendicular to where Jenny's character was at and behind the second one. I shot off a lightning bolt. It went through both enemies, killed them, but also it hit Jenny's character. To the point it was so damn devastating, they had to do a death saving throw. And it came out bad. I was like, oh fuck, I killed the character that was supposed to join us. And they haven't even been here for the full two hours. Oh, fuck. So, yes. Maxim killed somebody. <laughs> How you think that should be approached? Like, Maxim, like, take out the fact that by this point, he is well in his mid-30s. He's seen battles. Being the now assistant DM. But also being the observer. We can judge him here. Because I'm not playing this Max. I'm desperate now. <laughs> I will say he's guilty. Of cold. Like, didn't matter if there was two people behind him. He has battle sense. He should know not to do what he did. You openly killed someone. Who pissed you off? Thoughts? I mean, you do that a lot. You've killed a lot of people that have annoyed you. You... Um, also like to blame other people instead of, um, admitting to all of your fuck-ups. There's fuck-ups you admit to, but there's also some where you're like, mm, I'm gonna stir the pot, I'm gonna blame this on Leviana, even though literally... I was writing six months worth of letters home to my wife, but I'm going to play it off that Leliana didn't tell her why it was gone, even though, as a husband, that should be your duty to tell your wife why you are leaving. Why Not we, leave it up why gotta, to why, somebody else. Why we got to bring up that portion? I said the person of him killing somebody in, camp- in episode two of campaign one. And, uh, what about that nice little white lie you told the green dragon about how Shar told you to kill fucking, what was it, Talos? Oh, no, 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 no. I'm the one who said, I said, I killed, I didn't say it was from Talos, um, Shar's. In, in- you said it was on order from Shar. Yeah, I, and I didn't say I acted on it. I just said it was. You. Said it was an order from her, which was a lie. You do know, Abby. So you 
have lied to a green dragon. To keep people alive. I mean, you have lied to a ton of people. So many people. So, I mean, obviously, like, that's just another thing. But that's, again, like, what I'm saying, like, just go with it. Go with being the imperfect, imperfect, just person your character is. Roll with it. Have fun with it. Stop trying to be, like, uber defensive like you get and just be like, yeah, I don't fucked up. Um, I probably should have better explained why it just bounced instead of just writing a letter. Um, or since like canonically, like even things like canonically, you speak broken dragon. So if you're speaking broken dragon, speak broken dragon. So like when you were having your full on conversation with the green dragon, you're still like talking in like heroic savior mode when really you would have been like friend, I, friend, me, no hurt. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, <laughs> roll, roll with what you got. Roll with those punches. Just have fun with it. And, yeah, just, just be the imperfect character. Like, that outburst you had against fucking Vice was great because it felt genuine. Oh, that was, like, that was great. literally, first time I have ever, like, felt your character be genuine. Because <laughs> everything else just sort of felt like, again, like you're playing a character, you know? Like, and I know D&D, we're all playing characters, like, we're all doing it, but, like, there's also, like, little bits of us in it like little things we bring to the table little tiny bits of ourselves in there and that's the part that makes it fun and genuine and that's where the end the, the yelling part came <laughs> i did tell yeah. i did i did tell real like i'm a, i no, i'm personally i was like not not max and desmond desi it's annoyed by vice but we have to not metagame. That is the the catchphrase by this point. Don't metagame. Don't do it. But that's what's, again, great and genuine, at least from my, like, spectator thing, is to see, like, you guys, like, don't all get along. You don't all agree on everything like some people will be like i think this is a bad idea and then other people will be like well okay whatever and still do it and then everyone's like god damn it i said this was a bad idea like that's fucking D &D, man (laughs) i know that's D. we we went from let's talk about campaign three to now let's dissect (laughs) (laughs) all right so I'm excited to see what happens. Obviously, this coming Sunday, just with everyone in in general, but also just the shenanigans you do. 
I don't, this is the second fucking time I find myself in the middle of a fucking fight <laughs> before the, before the bigger fight. See, but this time you are literally in the middle of a fight. Yeah. Literally in between two enemies. Yeah. I'm like, oh. now I barely, this, the, the first time that happened, I barely made it out. But to point out what you have said um, during, I want to say two sessions ago, you have a shit ton of stuff that you've accumulated. There's no reason for you to not make it out of anything by this point. You have so much stuff, sir. <laughs> yes, I'm a hoarder. The old- This is again like... I do th- I do that same shit in video games. <laughs> Something that did ca- that kept on carrying on from Capri One to Capri Two. Everyone's a hoarder, and I like mm-hmm. the f- and I like the fact that Kush is now the new hoarder, just stealing shit left and right. Mm-hmm. I'm like, it's gonna be so funny. <laughs> One of these days, it happened to me. I got a shit roll and I got caught stealing something. But I'm glad I have a high deception and I can lie my way out. But I, I just, there's just some certain instances, the things we do now in campaign two. I just, by this point, I want to be a spectator in our camp, in our own campaign. Like I want to, like t- <laughs> I want to table Maxon and just look at everyone else play. Yeah, it's. Like I'm legit thinking just a of, lot of fun. I'm legit creating a, a like an exit for Maxon. <laughs> just like it like it's not a, a deaf one, just like all right, Maxon has to go away for just a little bit. Yeah. So I can just sit here and be like, ah, finally I don't have to play. I can be a spectator. Cause I it, I was when we did the Death of Maxon, I really wanted to jump on to see everyone play. See how that story played out, but then we I was like, no, gotta make the conscious decision to not know what everyone is doing. And I legit still don't know what the fuck they were doing. Like, even me giving them broken things of what I've done, they gave me broken things of what they did that entire week. Maxim was gone. The only thing he Maxim knows, like, oh, some mushrooms that Mouse needs to go look at. I'm like, okay. Uh, I, I'm here. Let's, let's see these mushrooms. And now uh, mm-hmm. something, and the snowball effect. Christian has this Bioware thing, the snowball effect we talked about no longer, like thirty minutes ago, where you think it's one thing and it becomes something bigger. <laughs> Damn it, he's getting good yep. at that. He's getting real. Did you help him with the snowball effect? Uh, I can neither confirm nor deny. An audience, if you don't know what the snowball effect is, you start out with the pebble. Let's say it's a murder mystery. You're thinking it's one thing. And it starts rolling, getting bigger and bigger, and more and more things start being added into it until it gets so fucking huge. <laughs> you have multiple things <laughs> coming into it to the point where it's like, how we're going to survive? I have that Batman announcer voice in my head like this. Will our heroes make it today? Tune in next time on whatever the fuck this new team name is. 
Yeah. Um, bringing back was it John? Is that his name? Yeah, John the Zombie. That was that was all Christian. Uh, I, m- I remember we talked about that during the Halloween um, episode. John was supposed to come in during our hor- the not the the, f- the Baron. We were supposed to do the Baron stuff during Halloween. But we didn't, obviously, because I think it was scheduling conflicts at the time. And then we just started doing the Baron stuff earlier, like a couple of weeks ago. So John was supposed to reappear there with all this with the vampires, and I was like, that would have been beneficial. But he tabled it. He was not going to say when he was going to pop back up. And then here we are. Bam. Um, was was you there? That day where John became what he was? No. Okay. I think I joined, like, right after that. Okay. So, I was like, he's dead. I remember telling, Max and telling Ulf, he's dead. Don't read, you, everyone's telling, he has no face. The only thing that's there is the, the hole that you punched him in. Do not reanimate him. He's like, no, 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 it'll be fine. And then um, the reason why Max didn't kill him is we did play it up. Max and Ulf was going to be on the brink of fighting. And it was going to be on the brink of fighting there. Because me and Jack was talking about it. Former player Jack who played Ulf. Like, Max and Ulf would just fight right there in the middle of the street after what Ulf did. Because, like, Maxon feels like, you killed him. Why bring something back to life that is going to... You don't know what the fuck is going to happen. Like, yeah. like let's not add on more to the fuck up than my fuck up that's already there today. <laughs> it was, it was going to be legit that conversation. Like, don't add on more to what I already fucked up on. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, he went with it, and he became I a fucking do, zombie. I do miss all the banter between you two was fucking hysterical. We ended up becoming a comedy duo. It went from being antagonist, pretty much similar to how Maxon and Vice is. That's how Max and Ulf were, and I had to do that because. He didn't trust Maxon on the first night, and Maxon had to leave to pretty much what he's been doing in Neverwinter, meeting with that town's thieves guild head, letting them know who he is, why he's there, collect information, create a bridge, and then leave. Of course, and- hit my microphone. I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, it didn't pick up. Good. The, okay, only, good. the only thing that picked up was a oh. Oh, okay, great. Um. Ulf caught Maxon coming out of a com- coming out of the same building that he met the the um the um Helia and Maxon I had to come up with a lie. And Helia had a knife behind his back, Maxon's back. Like you either figure it out or you can get stabbed and be left for dead here. I'm like, oh fuck. So I had to make a lie. I was like, I'm cheating on my wife. And Ulf was like, wait, you married? I was like, yes, I'm married. I'm cheating on my wife. I'm telling you the truth. But it was really a, a role of deception. And Ulf was dumb as rock, so he didn't pick up the deception. 
but he's good at um, some other detection, some other shit that he's good at detecting. But he couldn't pick up someone that's lying to him face to face. So that worked. But now, like, anytime Maxine had to leave at night, Ulf has to follow. And it was like, I constantly made that decision, like, Maxine being angry, like, what the fuck? He's like, you a thief. I can't trust the thief because I caught you stealing something. Hence why I made that bad roll. And he caught me stealing something. So it was like that antagonistic. And then when it became Max and saved Ulf from dying, then the bickering between the two, it came from like an antagonistic uh, partnership to a bickering of two, um, two former new friends. And then it became antagonistic again. This is around the time you joined as um, a spectator, then assisted DM, where the dragon, bone dragon situation, the carnival, carnival situation... It pretty much everything from Axe Home when Shar revealed what Ulf did in her name, then that's where Maxon's attitude towards Ulf changed. It's like hence why he didn't When when was That was when they was in Shadow when Maxon liked to keep on saying he was penetrated by uh Shar. Mm-hmm. That's where he Maxon learned what Ulf was doing for Char and talking all that shit. And that's where, that is where Maxon got himself into trouble. I think him on Char's home turf <laughs> talking shit, I would say that is where that got him the most trouble in. Because the owl, uh-huh. because, the, because the owl person that you played just bound Maxon's mouth to shut him up. <laughs> Like, I was, oh my god, that is, if you want a D&D confession, so that, I was so mad at Christian, because he fucked up, um, because Ulf had brought, you know, like, you guys hadn't killed the creature, mm-hmm. we're bringing it back, so I was like, okay, great, Christian, no, this is great, leave it alive, like, leave the owl thing alive, this is gonna be great, I have a plan. And then he fucking, like, has him shoot it, but then Ulf brings it back up, but then Sister Gadio, like, he <laughs> pretends to be Gadio and come back, like, why did you live? She said, kill it. And then he killed it, and I was like, Christian, you just, like, ruined my whole plan. Um, so then I still just went through with it, because I thought it was fucking funny. Hmm. Uh-oh, which was just being angry, annoyed person that I'm just like, I just tell you to do one thing. One thing, that's all. I think, so. I think that was your official introduction into this uh, D&D group. <laughs> and you guys fucked <laughs> it all up. <laughs> I think that's the story of this D&D group. We, we're supposed to do one thing and we just fuck it all up. Yep. <laughs> but that's what makes it fun. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I remember, you missed this one. Where we drunk from the mushroom wine as a group for the first time. And the burst of flames let off in the um, Toblin's Inn. Not Toblin, uh, the Inn. Oh, yeah. Christian had to be like, yeah, that didn't happen. <laughs> he was on the verge of like, you can hear it in his voice. And you can see it on his face. Like, he was like, depressed. Like, he was like, legit sad. That that happened. I mean, <laughs> oh. You murdered a bunch of people. Yes. Burned down an inn. 
<laughs> I, I, I think this is the this showed even if we was all strangers at that point everyone that the new people came in we all was like Chris how about we all just say instead of it magically affecting them like it's hurting them that it hurt us hence why I got the brunt of it then like everyone took minimal damage and it was just another dimension I was like cool I was like, we don't want, we don't want to get to the point where, like, you have to worry about like the overarching of your game. Like, we noticed like this was like, was that one of those things? Like, oh shit, we are fucking with what he's creating, and it's not in a good way. It was just like in a bad way. So I was like, okay, that's why I like I I always submit like story ideas or like character ideas now as opposed to just doing it on the fly. Just like, is this okay? Like, are you okay with this? Like, I, I have some ideas for, like, Campaign 3. Like, can we go to, a, like, a desert area? Or, like, or, like, a jungle. A legit jungle. Not, like, an other world jungle. Like, a li- like other places. So far, we've been in, like, a farm, farm forest type area with Fandolin. We're now in, like, a city in, a, like, winter for never winter. Mm-hmm. Like, can we go somewhere tropical? Um, you do realize you guys are the ones that decide where you go. I know that. It's like, but we don't know like what cities he has. Cre- He's keeping that to himself. I know. I, I mm-hmm. definitely. I, know, I definitely know that. And if they do come up at any form of a conversation, we was not listening at all. That is also a problem we all have as a as a group. I, I'm going to openly admit it. we don't listen. And there's certain things that I forget to write down. <laughs> like, I legit did, re- didn't remember there was a fight club since campaign one. We could have had Buku dollars by this point. <laughs> we got some pretty good fighters. I would Vince McMahon the fuck out of my um, party mates if we can do a, <laughs> like a fight club um, story arc before this campaign two ends. Yeah, that's a bad analogy. I don't want to be Vince McMahon. You know, bad analogy. Bad analogy. Yeah. I'll be Macho Man Randy Savage. Oh, yeah. Be cream of the crop. Come. Cream of the crop. Not like that son of a gun, Hulk Hogan. Oh, yeah. Like Dirt Plague is the wise. I still don't know the whole thing yet, so I'm just going to keep on going. <laughs> Um. Okay, Macho Maxon. <laughs> um, I do. I I did actually read whenever this fuck. I keep this is a recurring thing. I keep on talking about this paycheck that has never fucking came. And I'm I'm patiently. I did message him, and he's like, "You got to be patient, does it's gonna come." You know how this how slow the university is. I was like, "Yeah, yeah," but I'm not a student. I'm an alumni. Who's working for an esports league on this campus? And it's been now two months I have not been paid. And I know full well the school does not do back pay. So I want my money. I want it now. You know what? If I say any threat, it'd be like the one time somebody's actually listening and reporting my ass. So I'm just going to stop. But, so I did ask Reed 
I want to do a character, um, have them com- almost commission them to, like, if Maxim lives at past campaign two, how I like Maxim to look in a more, perf- not so much professional, but more not looking like an actual thief type of a character. We have, mm-hmm. Like, how the mock-ups that we always, always have for Maxim, like, an actual, like, because talking with other characters, they have, like, legit, like, this is how my character looks, and this is how they look. Maxim's always changing clothes. Like, I get it. He, like, and I played it, like, he always in disguise, but, like, he should have a base look, not always have to change his clothes. Like, to be, like, something that's integrally, integrally his. And I didn't come into this D&D when me and Christian was planning this, like, what Maxim's base look should be. Like, I always, like, having ideas, but it was great bouncing off ideas with everyone. So I was like, when I went to read, we talked about it. So I have an idea of how Maxim should look for Campaign 3. And I'm going to commission them to, um, to draw it out. Nice. Because I, I, I went to the um, that cape that Maxim was given. It was supposed to be a trench coat. The name was still going to be stay called the Dark Mantle. But it was supposed to be a trench coat with a hood. And I was like, he's like, you fine with the cape? I was like, yeah. In my head, just tell him, don't be passive aggressive. No, no, no. It's like the evil me, good me. No, it's a Christian's game. I'm just a character. I'm just a character. Be happy we got something. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the other half, no, we asked for a fucking trench coat. <laughs> we didn't want a cape. We're not Batman. The fuck? Okay, but, like, Christian's also not drawing all these things. He is searching online. I know. High and low for everything. And so a hooded trench coat is a bit of a niche D&D item. I know. And I am so glad there's a lot more Pinterest artists out there. I love you. And, And once again, your stuff are not being published anywhere is only being shared between the group i found a couple of artists who do fashion um dnd fashion like for people and i'm like if i was 400 pounds lighter i'm not over 500 pounds i'm just giving the get you know what? fuck it if i was 400 pounds lighter i you would see me cosplay the fuck up every session <laughs> I shit you. The f- this is the only time I'm this deep dive into D and D. Like this shit looks good. Like if I had money, money, I'd be like, "Hi, my name is Desmond Robinson. I would like this made. I'm a size that 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 that." I like to I like to wear this during my D and D session so I can show not show up everyone, but just show out. Like I'm going to the ball, but I'm not really going to the ball. I'm just here for D and D. Yep. So I can really look good. Mm-mm. It is what it is. Uh, this was fun. So, there ends our podcast for the evening. Thank you for listening. We appreciate you for sticking with us through this wibbly wobbly emotional roller coaster of a podcast 
Uh, I feel like my energy rose up a bit, and then it just went right back down again. I get knocked down, but I get up again. They're never gonna keep me down. I get knocked down, but I get up again. They're never gonna keep me down. I get knocked down. No. 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 Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>